Sun Devils fans, we made it to the weekend. Hopefully you guys are enjoying your spring break. But in the meantime, me and Connor are here to talk to you, Arizona State Sports. Unfortunately, sports are canceled. Football's done. Basketball's done. We got to talk about a state of the union, essentially, for basketball. We got to talk about the upcoming pro day for Arizona State football on Monday. And then, of course, we got your weekly baseball recap right here. You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Arizona State Sun Devils fans? This Richie, is should you really be doing the Macarena when sports are canceled? I was actually doing my best Bully Maguire impression, but I mean... I'm very sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, that's that's much better. <laughs> I'll just sit over here. We, we thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every single day. This podcast is free and available on all platforms. As always, make sure that you follow us on Twitter. Myself, at RichieBrads36. Connor, at Cedrios. Follow the Sun, Locked on Sun Devils page as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Speaking of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast, we're available on all platforms. Spotify, Odyssey, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, even YouTube. If you want to go ahead and see us in a video format, make sure you subscribe, like, follow, share, five star, all that good stuff. Let us know how we're doing, which hopefully is good. In the meantime, Connor, we got to do like a State of the Union for basketball. We got to talk about now that the season is over. What what's going on with this team? How, what I, I mean, yeah, I'll just nice and broad. What's going on with this team heading into twenty twenty two? I thought you said sports were canceled. So uh, they that, they're they not doing the match Mar- or March Madness tournament or Pac twelve tournament. We don't care. Oh, yes, well, we as far as the rest of this team goes, their season ended yesterday. They're done. Uh, a quick side note uh, for yesterday's game, Stanford well, only ago. lost. Uh, well, no, no, for Stanford, Arizona. Uh, so yesterday's game, um, they only lost by four to U of A. So, I mean, this U of A team, there's a lot of people saying that uh, they could have been vulnerable because maybe they didn't care and ASU blew their opportunity. So we're never going to never gonna find out. But that being said, for this upcoming season, uh, Bobby Hurley was already essentially kind of protected by Ray Anderson. We talked about in yesterday's podcast. He is coming back for next season. That's already been confirmed. What about the players? We know we're losing a uh, five-year player, uh, uh, Kamani Lawrence. He's going to be leaving us, uh, as well as Marion Jackson, who was uh, one of the star players towards the end of this season. Big reason why ASU is even kind of in contention or at least a, a dark horse candidate. But the rest of the team should remain intact regardless or uh, unless someone decides to go to the NBA or decides to hit the transfer portal. And while those are, are still both options, I do expect most of the Sun Devils team to remain intact. Losing Marion Jackson is going to hurt. Yes, but you is. also had DJ Horn, who played very well for the most part this season. And then you also saw uh, other guys like Jay Heath, who played well down the stretch, and you still have Luther Muhammad. So there is depth at the guard position. And we'll talk about some more depth coming on in just a little bit here. But as far as returning players, you still have three guards that I, I think we at least like. Uh, now, do we love them? Um, well, we'll see. We'll see how that, that kind of shakes out. But uh, so you do have both of them still. You have guys like Jalen Graham coming back who did play well down the stretch. Enoch Watch, he's got some uh, experience now. He'll be a second-year starter at the center position. So 
you're losing two different starters, or even if you don't consider Marion technically a starter because he came off the bench a lot, two contributors nonetheless. Now, coming into next year, ASU's got two players coming in uh, as far as commits go. They've got Austin Nunez, uh, who is a player out of Wagner High School from San Antonio, Texas. He is a point guard, a four-star point guard, uh, so that will definitely be nice to be able to insert into the lineup. And also, if you do, uh, if you bring back uh, Marcus Bagley, you're technically inserting two different starters into this lineup. So could give you some serious juice. Now, Nunez, uh, from everything I have read about him so far, I haven't actually got to see any of his tape. But as far as what I've read about this kid, uh, very good shooter and a, a very solid two-way player on offense and defense. So now considering he's uh, a point guard playing with DJ Horn, I'm curious how they will split that up. I'm Obviously, I'm sure Nunez is going to have to come in and earn his playing time. So I'm not sure if they quite leave Jay Heath maybe in the starting lineup uh, as more of like your shooting guard. Uh, but we saw both Marion Jackson and uh, DJ Horn run the offense throughout different times of the year. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that guard position. But it seems like that position group at least is in good hands. Yeah, that's definitely the biggest thing here is like as far as like getting points on the board goes, we we are returning our most important player with DJ Horn. You have that depth that you mentioned. Bache is going to be a very interesting situation because he was primarily like a seventh or eighth man that was coming off of your bench because Arizona State was playing a lot more small ball than they were mm -hmm. like a traditional lineup with a with a full-time center. Well, with a lot of those guys gone, does Bache start getting more time? Do they start going to the more traditional look where you have that guy who's playing underneath the rim? And I think Bache has got that ability to be that that big body that just eats up rebounds, but I don't know. We'll see Connor. It's going to be, it's going to be a very different situation with so much like change coming its way. Like you said, though, the most important pieces are coming back. DJ Horn returning is huge. The interesting storyline is going to be Marcus Bagley. Is Bagley going to transfer or is Bagley going to come back? It, it's it right now. It feels very up in the air, but this was supposed to be his year. And unfortunately, due to an injury that ended up lasting the whole year. Like it just, it feels like his status is completely unknown right now. It's very fluid. I think would be the way, the proper way to put it. So I'll be interested to see how that ends up shaking out. In the meantime, those uh, incoming guys, especially Wagner, a four-star, that's going to be really, really nice for Arizona state to in, to inject themselves especially with losing like Marion Jackson, who who ended up becoming your most consistent scorer in the second half of the year and one of the most reliable shooters that you had. If you can get anything out of Wagner as a freshman, that's huge. But again, biggest thing here, Connor, there's still going to be a little bit of continuity. Now, losing Kamani Lawrence is just friggin' huge because he's one of your all-timers. He, he played there for five years. That's hard to replace for any team, let alone Arizona State, who doesn't exactly have a lot of good history when it comes to great basketball players. So losing Kamani stinks, but yeah, there's not, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say like it, it's something that you can move forward from, but it is definitely going to have a lot of growing pains. And that's where Bache comes in. This is where you want to see Bache turn into that Kamani Lawrence guy who is playing under the rim a lot is getting those, short little layups and putbacks and whatnot. So we'll see. Yeah. The only other player that's a hard commit so far is Hillcrest prep center, Duke Brennan. So he'll be coming in more than likely filling in behind.
behind uh, Wachi. So we'll, we'll kind of see how that shakes out. Uh, but you do have still a lot of continuity on this team. I'm sure there will be some players that lead through the transfer portal uh, as well as other players coming in. But hopefully it's nothing more than depth leaving because I'm not sure they can take a, a full new starting rotation of players, right? They kind of already went through that uh, this, a little bit this last year uh, with multiple players coming in and starting immediately. Mm-hmm. And it kind of saw us the first half of the year where it felt like the team wasn't fully in rhythm. Uh, now, as far as Bagley goes, the, the last I've really heard from Bagley was he had missed, I don't know, a month, month and a half's worth of games. And he kind of came out on Twitter and said uh, something along the lines of like, like, I apologize, but I'm doing what's best for me and my body. And I'm uh, I'm paraphrasing that, but that was kind of the gist of his tweet. So uh, for him to necessarily never come back, Bobby Hurley never spoke about it as far as ruling him out throughout the year. It was just kind of always a wait and see mentality, kind of like you were saying. Um, I'm curious curious where that goes. I, I think that's going to be your biggest wild card X factor, so to speak, for this offseason. If you can get him back and healthy and inserting him into the lineup, him and Horn would be a very dangerous combination with some solid depth players. If you lose a guy like Bagley and you don't necessarily have anybody coming in to replace him, that's going to be a little bit tougher. I, I think that'd be a harder pill to swallow for uh, this coaching staff after they've kind of had a, a couple down seasons in a row. This isn't this isn't a program that can afford to be mediocre anymore. Not necessarily that they have to go win the national championship, but even after the, the bad COVID season and this season ending terribly and starting off horribly, they can't they can't afford another season like that. Uh, Bobby really right. has to get back in the, the 20 plus win category going to the NCAA tournament. And Bagley's going to be a huge portion of that as to why they would uh, have a lot of success in 2022, 2023. Yep. You're absolutely hoping that Bagley finally rounds that corner and becomes that star player for Arizona state that we know he can be. If, if you have Bagley and DJ horn for a whole season, I do feel confident that you can have a really good um, comeback season for 2022, 2023 and kind of get, get Bobby Hurley that that last bit of hope that he still has remaining in his in his time here in Tempe because like we mentioned yesterday like you got to start that dialogue you got to start the conversation of will this upcoming year be Bobby Hurley's last and this is going to be a huge tell is figuring out what happens from here so let's go ahead cut the cord right there we're going to head to our first break when we return we're going to be talking about some Arizona State football particularly the pro day that is coming up on Monday. Me and Connor are going to give our quick little thoughts on that before we go into more detail on the Monday episode. But first, a quick word from one of our friends over at Built Bar. So guys, it is that time of the year, pretty much giving up on all of your New Year's resolutions. Don't do that this year. If you've been listening to us for any amount of time, you know we've been high, uh, hyping up a Built Bar as to a reason why we are sticking to our resolutions. Uh, we, we attribute all of our success to them. It's almost like it's not really a resolution because we actually enjoy eating them. But have you guys tried the puffs yet? Puffs are the first ever protein-infused uh, marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat and covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like yummy, cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're going to be your new favorites if you just give them a shot. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are much better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. But if you go to built.com and score down to their macros chart, you guys are going to be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, and low carbs. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to literally any candy bar out there, which usually has like 
240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Those just aren't even close. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month is white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time, guys. So if they think of a flavor and it might be good, they're going to make it, and it will be delicious and good for you. At Built Bar, they're all about taste. They'll make it delicious first and then figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how, but they do it every single time. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 50% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right. And again, thank you guys so much for making the Locked On Sun Devils your first listen every single day. Make sure that you guys check out the Locked On Bracket Breakdown on March 15th right here on the Locked On Podcast Network feed and YouTube channel. College basketball experts Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and betting expert Lee Sterling give you an in-depth breakdown on every matchup. Guys, March Madness is right around the corner. And even though Arizona State's not in it, I know I'm excited for it. So you guys should definitely check out that bracket breakdown because March Madness is one of the best things that has ever been put together for, for any sport, really, pro or college. But anyways, I can gush about March Madness all day, even with the Sun Devils not being in it. Connor. What I would prefer to gush about is Arizona State Football's Pro Day that's coming up on this Monday. We're going to give you guys a quick little preview here for this Friday episode. And then for Monday, we're going to give you guys a more detailed look and analysis of everything. Tuesday, we will recap everything that went down. So what I would like to talk about here, as you guys can see in the caption down below, is Sun Devils improving their stock post-combine. Before we get to those players, though, I want to talk about two players who didn't go to the Combine that should be wanting to make the most out of this Pro Day. And, Connor, those players are Merlin Robertson and Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson, of course, being a All-Pac-12 player this year, first team All-Pac-12. And Merlin Robertson, who, depending on who you ask, is like a better prospect than Darian Butler – in terms of just the upside, like I've seen a couple places that have him higher than Darian Butler. And there's a lot of people that are still banking on the upside. That is Merlin Robertson's freshman year, but neither of them got that combine invite, which unfortunately wasn't all that surprising. So it'll be interesting to see how these guys are going to be able to make the most out of their own workouts. And quite frankly, in a controlled environment that can really help them. So that's the thing, Richie, is, is you just mentioned that phrase, a controlled environment. The combine, people, there's people out there that kind of already look down on it and call it the underwear Olympics because it's not it's not really on-field tape, right? You're seeing really the athleticism and the explosiveness of these players. But once you get to a pro day, it's, it's more controlled, right? Like it's very scripted for a lot of these players as far as what they're going to go through and kind of the, the tempo in which they go through it. Like they work with their coaches on how to be – uh, effective through these drills and how they, they can impress people the most, right? So it, it's not that it doesn't mean anything. It's just, it's another thing that you have to take into consideration. Even if they look good here, it doesn't necessarily do anything positively or negatively for their stock. It's right. just, it's a controlled environment, like you said. But now it is a big opportunity for two different players that didn't get to go to the combine, like Tyler Johnson and Merlin Robertson, strictly because other teams might not have seen as much of these guys. They might have known about them throughout the season, right? But they weren't at the combine, which, while not every player that goes is going to get drafted, a lot of the players are are going to. Uh, so this is now their opportunity to shine. This is really if they didn't go to necessarily like the uh, the Senior Bowl or the East West Shrine Bowl, 
The pro day is now their almost last opportunity, short of like maybe some sort of interview, to really impress teams with their athleticism. Uh, I'm looking specifically at Tyler Johnson. While them not getting an invite to the combine was uh, not necessarily surprising, I, I think you and I can, can both agree that Tyler Johnson not going and like a, a guy like Curtis Hodges did was a, a little bit shocking, but different position groups. I know you only have room for so many players. Tyler Johnson's a guy I'm definitely going to be watching during this pro day, seeing how much he can do for himself because there's legit upside there. He's not he's not uh, on the all-team uh, for Pac-12 this year, for, uh, the first team, by accident, right? He earned his way there. Um, so we'll see what he can do on the field. Same thing with the Merlin Robertson. Now to the rest of the players that did go to the combine, I'm very curious what drills they're going to partake in because there's going to be some guys out there that they know they almost capped what they could do. Maybe it was running the 40 time or the vertical, whatever that might be. And they're not going to retest it, right? Because that's they're taking the best score they can possibly get. Now, there were some guys, like uh, Jack Jones comes to my mind, uh, who didn't necessarily do many of the drills other than like maybe the 40, 40 and maybe something else, if I'm remembering correctly. I can't remember the workouts, but he didn't do a lot. Right. So like maybe some of these other guys who didn't do a whole lot, maybe because they were hurt going into it or they hurt themselves during the 40, uh, whatever that might be. Maybe now they've taken a, a week week or so, which Bernays go for a, a while leading up to the draft. So uh, ASU getting there as early on may not be beneficial to some of these guys, but maybe some of the other guys that didn't test as well are going to now use this opportunity to, to show teams that, hey, I might have been a little bit banged up, but here's what I can do on the field. So it, it's not that it, the pro days can't be impactful because they can. It's just it's another part of the process that these things that these players have to go through now. 100%. So I actually will go ahead and play the flip side of the coin here. I think Merlin Robertson is the one who has the most to gain here. I think Tyler Johnson is a lot more limited a player than Robertson is because we saw Robertson sure. and the amount of potential and raw talent that was there as a freshman. And he just never took that next step forward for one reason or another. I think you're going to have some teams that are going to take a look and be like, I can get the next step out of him. Yeah. We'll, is he we'll bring him in? Yeah, exactly. It'll be one of those things where like you're look you're looking for bodies to fill up camp and see if someone can make some kind of surprise splash for you. And I feel like Merlin Robertson could be one of those guys where a team brings him in and they find out like, you know what? This guy's practice squad material. Let's hold on to him. You know what? This guy's got some special teams upside. That's how it starts, Connor. Right. And the biggest thing there is to show off that you can do anything well. And Robertson is a lot better athlete than people realize. So I think if he's able Tyler to... Tyler Algier disagrees. I just want you to know I gave Connor a dirty look for anyone who's only watching. It looks like listening. people running at two very different speeds in that play. Hey, man. I would love to see you outrun Merlin Robertson. No, no, no. You mean Tyler Algier? No, no. I want to see you outrun Merlin Robertson. All right, what's his 40? I want to see his 40. Connor, you're in like the five seconds. I like his odds. We'll see. <laughs> I only say we'll see because I know I never have to own up to that. Hey, hey man, I know uh, all of our friends in the great League OP football group would absolutely attest to all of us not having a great 40 time, but at least you can run in a straight line. I cannot say the same, but... Anyways, point is, if Robertson can show off any kind of upside to make a team sit there and go, you know what? Yeah, let's bring him in for, for a workout. Let's bring him in for a camp and just see what he can do. 
this is where he has that opportunity. And the biggest thing, remember, we said it's it's uh, it's uh, do, like it, it's scripted, so it's right. It's tailored to these guys being able to show off to the best of their abilities. So as long as Robertson shows up in shape, there's a very good chance that he can make some kind of waves here. That'll be the most important thing. Other than that, it definitely is going to be a matter of like getting some of the guys who didn't participate in as many workouts to kind of show off their stuff. You're going to have some other guys like Brian Thompson is obviously going to be there. Uh, DeAndre Pierce will be there as well. They're just not guys that I think are truly like pro prospects, but they're still going to have their opportunities. I don't want to totally dismiss them at all, but sure, it, it'll it'll be interesting to see who ends up showing up and who does not show out for Arizona State football. There's a lot of guys, Connor. There's a lot of guys who are leaving. There's a lot of guys who are going to be at these workouts. So I would imagine that there should actually be a pretty good amount of NFL scouts and evaluators that are out in the stands for the Arizona State Pro Day, just considering how many guys are out there. Last piece I want to talk about with the Pro Day is even though like the two biggest guys that probably came away from the combine with the most gain from it would be uh, Rashad White and Kellen Deesh, in my opinion. It's not that the Pro Day is not important to them, right? Because they already showed out on live TV in front of a ton of scouts, in front of basically every team in the league, what they can do. This is that lemon that they are just trying to squeeze the last bit of juice of. Like what? Like seriously, can I earn myself going from like the very uh, beginning of round three into uh, or round two, right? Or, or round four to round three. Like if they can squeeze any bit of juice left from this pro day and just essentially put on a show for some people, that's all they're looking to do because they already balled out at the combine. The expectations that they're going to do this again at the uh, uh, at their pro day. But again, mm-hmm. can they improve even just a little bit more to give other like other teams just something to think about going into draft day? Yep, that's the biggest thing. Just give them something to think about so that when that weekend rolls around, even if you're not getting drafted, hopefully you're one of the first people that are getting called. So let's go ahead and wrap up this second segment. We're going to head into our final break here. When we return, it is go-ahead time to recap you guys on this last week of Arizona State Baseball. But first, a quick word from our friends over at Bet Online. It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the odds, latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action, bet online where the game starts. All right, let's finish out this podcast. We got to talk some. We got to talk some baseball, Connor. I know you highlighted last week that Arizona State needed to find a way to go three and two in the in the five game stretch that they had, including a. Did they do it, Richie? We'll get there. They had a three game stint in San Diego to play the Aztecs. And then they had a two game stint back at home against UC Riverside. Well, the good news is they won the series against the Aztecs. They went two and one on the road. The unfortunate news, they got swept by UC Riverside. So Connor, they went two and three in that stretch, including losing three straight. So right back to where we started last week, when we were 
going over what we had noticed from the Arizona State Sun Devils baseball team earlier. Yeah, other than uh, one game that they've blown up that they put up 13 runs, which I think was the first game against SDSU, if I remember correctly. That's um, right. Um, the, the offensive kind of output from this team wasn't anything particularly special as a, a whole. They did have some players that showed out, specifically some of the, the guys at the top of their lineup that played pretty well, uh, which we'll talk about here in just a moment. But multiple starting pitchers, Richie. Multiple starting pitchers absolutely balled out this week. No one got more than one start. And again, for anyone not familiar necessarily with the college baseball format, uh, they don't necessarily have a five-man rotation. Once you actually get to your conference play or your bigger opponents, that's when you kind of see uh, the same three guys coming out for each series and then maybe giving some guys a, a little bit of a break, um, pitching some other players here and there. That being said, uh, Kyle Luckham went seven and two-thirds, uh, giving up three earned runs mm-hmm. uh, against uh, San Diego State. So that was definitely a great outing there. And then you had also Adam Tolak go seven innings, also only giving up one earned run. Uh, so we had multiple outings just like that. And then against, uh, I think it was UC Riverside, maybe for the other outing. It was. Uh, I'm trying to remember the, uh, for Jacob Walker went sixth yes. and third, only giving up two earned runs. So starting pitching, still definitely getting it done. But uh, again, it, it's, baseball is very much a team sport, just like anything else, even though there's only one guy at the plate at the time, right? Or, or one pitcher throwing the ball. Uh, bullpen doesn't necessarily feel like it's still doing as good as it could but again asu's offense not clicking as a whole just yet uh they did have some other players kind of show up this week specifically last week their number two hitter or even their third baseman depending on where he was hitting in the lineup ethan long had not had a great first what was that seven seven eight games i think he was benched for their eight game uh the first game against sdsu he took that benching personal because the next four games after that richie uh, I'll, i'll go ahead and let you highlight it ethan long absolutely went off Ethan Long was on fire, Connor. 11 of 17 in four games. He did not play all five games. So that's just friggin' ridiculous. He drove in a few runs as well. But the, the amount of times that he was on base was just phenomenal. He easily was the biggest highlight for Arizona State's hitting and offense because uh, Joe Lampy only went 5 of 24, and Connor Davis was 5 of 22. Davis did have four RBIs, but they all came in one game. So unfortunately your two main powerhouse hitters did not play well, but Ethan long really started to come on. He's batting in the three hundreds now. So you, you got the pieces, Connor, you just need the consistency. You need the consistency from your batting order. And then you need your bullpen to step up because now you're getting all your pitchers involved. We have, uh, we, we got three pitchers that are in that three ERA range or lower. And now Walker, after his six and a third um, outing, trimmed his ERA down to a 6.1. I don't remember what it was before, but he's trimming it down. And you're going to start getting to a point where you've got four pitchers that are under five ERA. And who knows, maybe you can get them under four ERA. So you continue getting it to that point where your pitching is doing its end of the work. You just need that consistent output from the offense. And it starts with getting Lampy and Davis back on the right track, because if Ethan Long is doing what he's doing, then that's huge. I am very curious. I'm going to have to do my own research into this. If this is the same Ethan Long, who was a quarterback for Arizona State, I want to know if this is the same guy or if this is just coincidentally another Ethan Long. Ethan looks like he's about 5'10", 5'11", so I don't think so. 
It sounds like stock- it's a different Ethan Long. <laughs> he's a uh, he's a stocky kid playing third base, but uh, yeah, certainly not certainly not quite the height to play maybe quarterback that uh, a lot of colleges might look for. Unless he's Kyler Murray, I don't like his odds. That is that is true. So, uh, Richie, I was hoping like if they went three and two on this uh, this road uh, this road trip, you get one game back added to your record or essentially one game closer to that 500 status, right? Because they left, what was it? They were four and six, maybe heading to this road trip. If I remember correctly, now they're, uh, um, they are five and nine. You're, you're making, I don't want to say you're making strides. You're just, you're going in the wrong direction, right? Right now, again, like until they truly hit their conference play, it's not the end of the world. Cause this is, it's a new team, right? For Bloomquist and all of the staff, they're trying mm-hmm. to find themselves. Um, so it, it's not that it's surprising, uh, that they haven't gotten off to the the hottest start, but uh, they have conference play coming up this next week. Uh, they do get Oregon State for a couple games, but before that, I know they get four games uh, against San Francisco and a game against GCU mixed in there as well. But once they hit Oregon State, it's go time, man. Like they, they're going to be warmed up enough, especially after uh, another four, four or five games right before Oregon State. So they've got time to kind of get into a rhythm. But once they hit Oregon State, they've got to start making a push. Um, like even if they don't end up. Kind of like ASU did this year for basketball at 14 and 16. Uh, obviously not the best record overall, but if they can kind of put the first part of the season behind them uh, and, and kind of move past some of the errors that they've been making, uh, hopefully once they hit conference play, they can start to turn that around a little bit and uh, not be dead last in the Pac-12. Yeah, so unfortunately by this time next week, we will only be able to recap the San Francisco series because the Oregon State game will be kicking off a week from today, which is when we would be recapping everything. So this stand against the San Francisco Dons will be a four-game stand, but it's only this weekend. It's actually going to be a doubleheader on Saturday starting at 1 p.m., all three of these games, of course, being in Tempe, Phoenix area. So we'll be keeping an eye on that as best we can. In fact, I'm thinking I'm going to see if uh, if I can convince my dad to go down to a game with me because that, that'd be a lot of fun, I think, just to sneak over and, you know, pay, pay 10 bucks or whatever to – Get some decent seats and watch my sun doubles. Who knows? I'll uh, I'll take a peek over with Miss Ratchon and see what he thinks. But in the meantime, that is going to go ahead and wrap up this Friday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Before we go, Connor, I need you to fill in all of our good friends as to what is going on with the status of the show moving forward. The status of the show is getting a little bit better as Richie Bradshaw is going to be hosting it solo moving forward. Uh, during uh, the last couple weeks, I've had an opportunity in my day job uh, to move forward with uh, kind of advancing in my career elsewhere, not necessarily uh, with Locked on Sun Devils. Uh, it's definitely been a pleasure being one of your co-guides throughout this portion. Definitely will be coming back on periodically to give my thoughts on everything Sun Devils, especially throughout uh, an off-season where sports are canceled. Uh, but it's been an absolute pleasure being one of the co-hosts of this podcast, even if it was only for a few short months. Uh, definitely a great time being able to talk with the social media or going through all the sports this season. So that is going to be locked on Sun Devils. There you go. Well, Connor, we still got you for one more week, right? That is correct. One more week. I'll be in and out a little bit on vacation this next week, but we'll definitely be talking just a little bit more. There you go. So, Connor, obviously, we're all very happy for you. There's no, there's no celebrations or goodbyes just yet. We're just giving the people a good heads up. This is your, this is your one week warning, everyone. 
Mr. Connor Rios is going to be leaving, and I will be hanging out on this pod solo. The Locked on Sun Devils is not going anywhere, not to worry about that. But in the meantime, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. As always, we're free and available on all platforms. Be sure to subscribe, follow, like, share, five-star, all that good stuff, wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Spotify, Google Podcast, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, or if you want to go to YouTube and see our beautiful faces, you can do that as well. Make sure you subscribe while you're there. Follow us on Twitter. Myself, at RichieBrads36, Connor, at Cedrios, and the podcast, at LO underscore Sun Devils. Go ahead and make your second listen now locked on the NFL Draft as Ryan Tracy and former NFL quarterback, cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available on all platforms. And until next time, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Devils.